Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Friday, April 30th. Today on the show, you're going to hear another show. You're going to hear our in-the-moment live reaction, myself and the Broadway Sports Media guys, last night live from Jaspers, of course. You'll hear our reaction to the pick, reaction to the decision of the Titans strategy, and a preview of the Friday and Saturday drafts coming up. The 440 is brought to you by the Kingston Group, our locally owned, award-winning, custom home and remodeling firm. Look, you're not supposed to go spend a boatload of cash like this afternoon on the Kingston Group, building an entirely new home for yourself or giving you a brand new kitchen or building you a new garage. But what you need to remember is the name, the Kingston Group, because you are going to want to do something to your home at some point. And when you do, because you want it to make you money, make you proud and make you happy, you need to remember the Kingston Group. And make sure you tell them I sent you when you call. The Kingston Group. That's buildkg.com, the website, buildkg.com. Go check out their work. You will not be disappointed. The Kingston Group, buildkg.com. We are live here at Jasper's on West End, and the Titans are on the clock. My name is Braden Gall from 440 Sports, of course. My man Zach, football and other F-words, of course. Mike Herndon going to be here in just a few minutes as well. Special thanks to Jasper's for giving us a spot to hang out tonight and watch the draft in person with other humans. That's been really nice to do. I don't know about you, but it's been very nice to actually see other people and do something social and have a cocktail. Cheers. Um, Cheers. Here's the good news. Yeah, There you go. Let's get right into this. And of course, special thanks to Broadway Sports Media for all the work you guys have done all day and all night and setting this whole thing up. So, oh, man, fantastic job. you having us. It's been awesome. <laughs> well, here's the good news for you Titans fans. And that is that basically everything is available. Yeah. Uh, the best player, and we'll get to Mike Herndon here in just a second, but the best players available at corner, Caleb Farley, um, one of the best receivers that they've been tracking the entire, I don't know, last four months of mock drafts if you like those. Uh, of course, Elijah Moore from Ole Miss is available. The best right tackle, Tevin Jenkins, is available. So we're basically looking at a Titan situation where they can kind of do what they want to do. But if you're telling me I can get a equal or slightly close to player at 53, Caleb Farley to me is the guy that I really like. But again, I'm not a doctor, so. Well, I'm with you. Uh, I am a doctor. I do play oh, one on TV. Uh, but I am, in, I am in on Caleb Farley, and the pick is in, obviously. But, you know, that's who I would like for the Titans to get is Caleb Farley because, to me, that is the guy that can be a game changer for this defense. We know that our defense was just terrible on the field last year. And what? this is a guy that can play outside. He will be ready. And this is a guy that can that can change everything for this defense. He has a chip on his shoulder. He's been pretty much ran through the mud because of his medicals and, and everything. And people forget, yeah. this guy ran 24 miles per hour in a game. This guy was going to be a sub 4-3, kind of probably 40 time. This is the guy, that, this is who Adoree Jackson should have been. He's a more physical, he's basically Malcolm Butler, the physicality of Malcolm Butler, but with the Dory Jackson's right, and, and bigger and stronger, more range. And what's interesting about Caleb Farley, again, should the medicals check out, according to John Robinson, and his staff, he came into college as like a quarterback playing offense, playing receiver. So the fluidity in space, which is what you want to see, is he willing to come up and tackle, which we know Vrabel and, and, and that defensive staff wants as somebody who's physical on that side of the ball. So listen, I, I look at what's available at 53 and what's available right now. And if I'm taking a corner at 53, you better love Eric Stokes or Tyson Campbell or, or know that Asante Samuel is going to be there. You better know what you're going to get at 53 because you need a corner. You, you, like Wide receiver two is really important. It's very important. Is it first round important? I don't know if it's as important as number one corner. So 
the pick is in, and I, I can't look at the board here. It is Caleb Farley, defensive back, Virginia Tech. <laughs> so as we were just talking about, a very fluid athlete in space. Uh, let's go to Mike Herndon here, uh, of course, to give us uh, – Mike, this is a guy that, that you've been talking about all week long. This is the guy you wanted them to pick. This was your prediction when I talked to you this week. It's the guy I've wanted as well. What do you see out of Caleb Farley? What are, what are Titans fans getting out of the Virginia Tech cornerback, who didn't play, by the way, in, in 2020? <laughs> Yeah, so you know he's a, he's an interesting guy. He's 6'2", 207, uh, You know, tremendous size for his position. But then you get the speed, right? Like usually you're either or, but he's got the size and the speed. You know, he, he like Zach mentioned, ran twenty four miles per hour on a GPS, which you know he he never ran a forty, uh, but reports were he was in the four twos. So that's the kind of speed. That's the kind of athlete. Athlete that you're looking at, it's not just a straight line guy either. Uh, great feet, great change of direction, matches and mirrors better than any corner in this draft, and that includes Sertan uh, and Horn, who both went in the top ten. If he was healthy, if he did not have the the secondary back operation, I think he would have gone up uh, in that top ten. He probably would have gone to the Cowboys at ten or, or somewhere in that range uh, in the draft. And so this is kind of reminiscent of the Jeffrey Simmons pick a couple years ago. You're taking a top 10 talent at a discount because of an injury, and you're betting that that, that if you can get them right, you're getting a top player. I mean, this guy, to me, he may he's, he's probably not um, as advanced coming out as Jalen Ramsey was, but the very same physical skill set, the speed, the size, the length. And, and the thing I also like about Caleb Farley, he – played quarterback in high school. He comes to the game from a quarterback point of view. Uh, he also played wide receiver for his first uh, first short bid at, at uh, Virginia Tech before he ended up moving to cornerback. So this guy sees the game from an offensive point of view. I think that helps him being able to anticipate routes, being able to see things develop before they happen. And I think if if he stays healthy, like that's the only if here. If he stays healthy, he's going to be a top 10 quarterback Quarterback in the NFL. He's going to be a pro bowler. He's going to be a lockdown guy for the Titans for the next five, six years at least. So, you know, risky pick, but, you know, hey, John Robinson's never been scared to, uh, to take big swings, and this is another one. We'll hear more from Mike, uh, of course, in just a few minutes on what this does to the rest of the draft, what this does for day two, and what this does, of course, for the roster currently. No surprise, John Robinson walked away from Adoree Jackson and Malcolm Butler knowing that he was going to go after a corner, and, and that's what they've done here. Caleb Farley, of course, is the pick for the Tennessee Titans at 22, and I don't want to hear anybody complain about and talk about the medicals. Like, yeah, Unless you, you are actually some super badass surgeon that knows about like spinal surgery, you don't have an opinion on this that I care about. I just don't care about your opinion. John Robinson's medical staff is all that matters, and if they decided – it's all about John Robinson's staff. If that, if they decided that he's clear, that's all that matters because right. the dude can play. You heard Mike break down his his skills there. Incredible athlete, very fluid in space. They need a corner to play now. You can get receivers. You need a corner, man. I mean, he's going to be ready by July, right? I mean, when you're looking at this kind of decision, that obviously they took almost the entire time, right? So obviously he was trying to trade, much like <laughs> last year. Here's John Robinson trying to trade this pick and found nobody. I don't. I guess everybody's wise to John Robinson because he's going to take advantage of you, right? So I, I think that taking Caleb Farley was the right move right here because he is the transcendent talent. If it wasn't because of the surgery, 
which was an outpatient surgery, <laughs> which means that he got the surgery and got sent home. A back surgery, for that matter. And if it wasn't for that surgery scaring people off, if, if this was a normal combine year where they had gotten in there, poke and prodded this kid, then he probably would have been still a top 10, maybe top 15 pick. But when this whole thing started, you're talking about a bona fide number one cornerback easily. And then on top of that, he was probably a top 10 player. This is so reminiscent of Jeffrey Simmons. Oh, it's, it's scary. It's, it's identical to Simmons. And even when you look at the pedigree, Jeffrey Simmons coming out of high school, I know he had the off-the-field incident, but Jeffrey Simmons coming out of high school on the field, zero questions. Right. Dude was a stud, five-star, Like went to Mississippi State because of Dan Mullen. Caleb Farley pedigree was off the charts. Like Caleb Farley's pedigree coming out of high school was there. The athleticism, the talent, and, and you heard Mike talk about this. And it, it, the, the idea that an offensive, like offensive players have a certain knack for, for footwork in open space, body control, all that kind of stuff. And to have a corner who can handle that kind of stuff. Now, I wonder about the off coverage. Does he allow a little bit too much space? I mean, that's the kind of stuff that you want Vrabel well, to work. You know, this team loves to give space <laughs> to those wide receivers. No double moves. No double moves. Um, so, again, I, I'm, I'm ecstatic. If I'm a Titans fan, I know fans wanted Elijah Moore, but I'm ecstatic for what they accomplished by acquiring Caleb Farley. From a talent standpoint, he's a starting number one outside corner. It's a huge accomplishment at 22. I, I hate the phrase, let the board fall to you. But when Jeffrey – we all kind of knew Simmons could be the right. pick. I think it was 19, right? You kind of knew – like if Farley was going to fall, you knew John Robinson wouldn't be dumb and he would take the opportunity. So the question now, because it sounds like we're all – do we, do you want to give – are we all like A-plus here? We're just all like – just wonderful job, John Robinson. Is I mean, that, you have to. I mean, you're here? talking about six foot two, 207-pound cornerback. And you got him at 22 – you didn't have to trade up. You didn't trade back. I'm sure that's probably what he wanted to. But you're talking about a guy that's going to have a chip on his shoulder. Randy Moss, when he got passed over, he had a chip on his shoulder, right? Caleb Farley has already got that chip. He's seen J.C. Horn already go ahead of him. He's seen Patrick Sertain. He's seen other teams with these needs at cornerback just pass him up. He is going to come in with a vengeance, and that's what you want from a cornerback. You want that chip on your shoulder, that Malcolm Butler-esque chip, <laughs> that he's just going to get in a receiver's face. He's going to be ready by July, by training camp, and even if he's not, he at least will be ready by the regular season, which is more than you could say for Jeffrey Simmons when they drafted him. Yeah, And we've been on Football and Other Efforts talking about Farley and the similarities between Jeffrey Simmons and how everybody just needs to get over these medicals because – we're just, not, we're just not quali- we're just not qualified. Right. Like unless you're qualified to make a call on that, you have to trust the the people yeah. in charge and the doctors over there at St. Thomas to make the right decisions. Right. Um, so again, I, I'm just going to assume that that's been ha- that that's like you would not wait, use a 20. I mean, we say this after Isaiah Wilson, of course, but yeah. uh, you know, you would not use the 22nd overall pick in your draft class in a critical year for John Robinson, who's got a rebound from last year's offseason. You wouldn't use that on a guy that your doctors came to you and said, "Hey, Jr. Man." I'm not really sure that this is the right guy because of this, this, or that. Like, if you're if you're hesitant, why you, you can't you can't make that move if you're Jr. You you did it last year. You went off the board. More predictable this year. I'm assuming he's been cleared. So, with that being said, it sounds like you and I are both on yeah. like the A A plus range, which again might be a little a little positive, but again, there's risk. But I'll, I'll do an A minus. All right, fair Let's enough. Just, okay, just hedge your bets a little bit yeah. there. All right. So, Mike, 
for you, give us a grade on the draft pick with Caleb Farley. I know you like him. We, we've already heard you, you talk about him. So give us a pick. But then what does this mean for the rest of the roster, the rest of the draft that's coming up? Obviously, they filled a huge need. How does this pick change with the Titans strategy moving forward? You know, I, I think, you know, if if you're saying he's healthy, which I agree with you, if they're drafting him here, they, they believe he can be healthy and get back to it. Um you are maximizing, I think, what you can pull from this draft because while I, I loved Elijah Moore, and I definitely don't think Elijah Moore is lasting to 53, um, no, no. there are going to be good wide receivers available in the second round and, and going into the third round even. Uh, you can still get a wide receiver, um, especially a slot wide receiver, um, which is really what they need to go with A.J. Brown and Josh Reynolds. And, you know, there, there's still plenty of good players available. There, the tackle class is deep. The wide receiver class is deep. That's all we've been hearing about. So I think going Farley maximizes the the ceiling, I guess, of the combination of positions that you needed to go get anyway. So um, I think it's interesting. It, it'll be – obviously, we got to see where, where Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman, uh, Terrace Marshall, uh, those kind of guys – fall uh, at the wide receiver position. I, I think everybody will have a close eye on that heading into day two. And then also, uh, you know, tackles. And, and, you know, the Titans still need more, you know, front seven players on defense. They could use an interior offensive lineman to kind of be the next guy uh, but behind Roger Saffold and Ben Jones who are, who are starting to get up there in age. So there, there's still a lot of work to be done on this roster, but this should make you feel a lot better about corner heading into uh, 2021. It, with with Caleb Farley, Christian Fulton, and Janoris Jenkins uh, potentially as your top three. It, it's another good – first of all, the, the name Christian Fulton is not talked about enough, I don't think, because if you're talking about a second-round pick in any draft being a starter, then you have to talk about Christian Fulton almost being a draft pick in this class because he just didn't contribute a lot last year. And this was a guy – and, Mike, I know you said this, and I agreed with you. This is a first-round grade guy from last season who they got in the second round who's now kind of like a new player for them. So you're basically adding Farley and Fulton. And Fulton, you want to talk about pedigree. That was a five-star kid coming out of high school at LSU. Those two guys now are potentially your one and two yeah. outside starting corners. Now, look, there's a, there's, we can also back up here for a second, 10,000 feet, and look at the decision to go corner. I, I, we all love the wide receiver class, and we love Elijah Moore, and I know fans are going to be upset that they didn't take a, a, a fantasy player. I get that. But at the end of the day, what part of this team sucked last year? Yeah. I mean, like, let's be honest about it. Rush. I mean, right, it was the right. worst. And what did John Robinson do with his biggest capital in, in free agency and now in the draft? He, he's solved both those problems on paper. I mean, that's when you look at it, it's all on paper, right? Because, yeah, Janoris Jenkins is here, so Jackrabbit could be kicked in the slot, maybe Mal, uh Christian Fulton goes kick him in the slot. That's terrible. I mean, we'll see. But I mean, they went and solved their biggest problems. They got Bud Dupree. They still need to get an edge guy probably in there. But I mean, this this is defense on Danico Autry and all these players he signed looks a lot better than what it did last year. Now they lost a lot of uh, they lost a lot of talent with all the pieces that have moved on, and there's still some tough decisions for John Robinson with a lot of guys coming up. You know whether it's Rashawn Evans, Jayon Brown, whatever. Vaccaro coming down into the box and playing the run, they're going to miss that. So uh, I think Amani Hooker's Amani Hooker is ready to take that role. So again, you had to like I looked at this roster and I just said, where's the biggest hole? And corner was the biggest hole on the side of the ball that was garbage last year. Right. The offense was in great shape. You can you again. I, I just can't speak to how. 
I, I, I just love the strategy. I'm, yeah. I'm overwhelmed with the strategy, boys. I just want the strategy. I, I love going corner here with a value player. Um, and, of course, that leads us into day two, of course, as, as we've got a ton of – you know, John Robinson's got a ton of capital on the board in day two with three picks and two rounds on Friday. And, and Mike, we'll start with you. Obviously, wide receiver, you could go tight end, you could go tackle, you could go front seven player. This is what happens every year in the NFL draft. Fans get obsessed with players – and then a bunch of them fall into the middle of the second round. Happened with A.J. Brown, happens, Harold Landry, Garrett Every Fulton. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Every single year there are guys there that are dudes, and you just sort of go, oh, I didn't expect that guy to be there. Mike, what do you like from the Titans in, in day two, in rounds two and three? Um, so I think ideally you're looking for if if one of those wide receivers falls. Like if Bateman, if Bateman or more – uh, or really, I think Terrace Marshall, Rondell Moore, you know, wouldn't wouldn't be bad in that range. Those those guys fall into into fifty three. I think that's a an interesting position for them. Um, and then you know, Tevin Jenkins is still hanging around. I you know, I'd be a little surprised if he made it all the way to fifty three. But at fifty three, he'd be a hell of a value um, pick. You know, in in the second round. So there's a lot of a lot of players that that could drop. I mean, you know. JOK is still on the board. Who knows, you know, where he might go. Maybe his uh his lack of position or lack of obvious position is is gonna scare some teams away. But like you said, I mean, we see this happen every year. There, there's gonna be a guy that just falls inexplicably uh into late day two. And and hopefully, uh and John Robinson has been there to pounce uh in recent years, and and you know, I'm sure he's gonna be looking to do that again. Mike Herndon, there he has it. Do you have a, do you have a name? Because I'm obsessed with Rondell Moore. Like I, I just I want Rondell Moore on this team. I, I think he does all the things, and I know it's a different body type. But Johnu Smith and Jay Brown were used as gadget players with Arthur Smith in his offense, and normally you don't use the six three two hundred fifty pounder to do that. But I think with Rondell Moore, who can run between the tap if you need him to on occasion as a trick play kind of gadget guy, who's also just a bona fide stud as a wide receiver. I'm obsessed with the guy. If again, if the medicals are clear. I, Rondell Moore is the guy I want at 53. And if you told me I got Caleb Farley and Rondell Moore to all Americans in college, right. all Americans, these guys are amazing. I, I just think that's really smart strategy by John Robinson. Mike, do you have a guy in particular that you're really targeting at 53? Um, I would say, you know, in an ideal world, it's more Bateman for me, or, you know, Elijah Moore or Bateman. Elijah. Yeah. I, I just, I'm not totally sure either one makes it down there. Um, but those would be the guys that, that I would be kind of rooting for to fall at this point. Who do you want, Zach, at 53? Well, I think I want one of the edge guys to fall. Joseph Asai, Jason Away, or mm. Aziz Ojolari. Now, I'm with Mike unpopular. on this, you Texas fan. Yeah, it's, it's unpopular <laughs> because you're going in – ignoring offense and you're going you know defense back to back but again offense wasn't the problem last it year. wasn't and then the third round comes along and you may have a diami brown or amon saint uh amon raw saint brown or whatever i sorry dwayne eskridge dwayne amari, Rod- amari rogers tylen wallace yeah i mean you got all these wide receivers in two, the third two round. atwell the offensive tackles can be there in the third round tight ends can be there in the third round i think you got to go best player available and i think when 53 comes around Best player available is probably going to be Edge. I, I wouldn't hate it. Keep stock, keep stockpiling those those players at that position because they went big last year. They took a big swing last year with two players that everyone thought were pretty good. Yeah, 
didn't work out. And I know we, we love Bud Dupree is a very different scouting report than Vic Beasley. I get that. But again, I I think Danico Autry is the guy that actually so underrated in my opinion. I think he's the guy who sort of makes the whole thing go. So Harold Landry in a contract year too. So Jayon Brown on a one year deal. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, edge is great. Again, for Titans fans out there, they were in a great position at 22 because they had a lot of different pieces at a lot of different positions that they could have gone after. They're still in a great position for 53. Uh, th- like, if you don't take a wide receiver at 53, don't panic, guys, or tight end, because there's still going to be somebody there in the third round. And, oh, by the way, you've got another third-round pick to go get Trey Smith right. or, or whatever to bolster the offensive line. So, Mike, any final thoughts on, on the first round uh, before we let everybody go tonight? You know, I- I think I think it's exciting. Um, just and and you really see what the Titans have done, right? This offseason, it's the defense was awful, and we're we are not going to let it be awful again. They are throwing everything they've got at fixing this defense, and I've got to respect just the boldness of how far they've been willing to go to make sure that what happened in 2020 does not happen again on the football field uh, for Mike Vrabel defense. I'm sure he, as a defensive coach, is tired of hearing about it, uh, and, and he's basically uh, killing it with fire, right? It's, it's just, no, more, more stuff. Go get another edge rusher, you know? I, I think they're just pushing all their chips in on fixing this defense, and I love it. I, I, I love the approach. Mike Herndon with Football and Other F-Words, Broadway Sports Media, of course, who set up this whole bad boy here at Jaspers. Uh, go take care of your family, Mike, all right? Go take care of your family, buddy. What about you, Zach? Where, where is the, you know, what's the final, what's the final F word for you here on the show this evening? Feeling good. I know that's two words. No, well but done. You used good. the F though. It's- you know, uh, I'm feeling good about this team, the direction that's going. I, I, I think this was a smart move, and and I've been on this all along. For for me, it was Devonte Smith, which was a pipe dream, right? Smith wasn't really gonna fall 22, but I kind of hoped that he would because of the weight concerns, supposedly. <laughs> Then it was Farley. That, that didn't happen. Yeah. Then it was Farley. I fell in love with Farley. Everything about Farley you gotta love. And about a play from a player perspective, he's basically the anti Zaya Wilson, in my opinion. And then it was Elijah Moore. And I, I, I get it. I'm a big offense guy, and I understand that okay, we got Josh Reynolds. This this team has already come out and said they think that what Corey Davis did was a product of what they allowed him to do. Like right. the, he was given his opportunities, and they thought that he was a benefit of the offense around him, the other talent. So Josh Reynolds can probably do what Corey Davis I, I did. Like, I like Josh Reynolds. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, wide receiver may not be the number one thing. I, I agree with you. Cornerback was the number one need. Kevin Johnson should <laughs> never have really been given two, $2 million. But on top of that, you don't want Kevin Johnson to see the field. And we saw last year when uh, one cornerback went down, it changed everything for this defense. And Malcolm Butler couldn't carry it alone. But I feel really great about Christian Fulton, Jack Rabbit, and now Caleb Farley. Way better than I even felt last year about Christian Fulton, Adoree Jackson, and Malcolm Butler. Now we'll find out if it's a Mike Vrabel and Shane Bowen problem. Yeah. <laughs> or if it's a player They're, problem. Much like the Dolphins, <laughs> the Titans have given Mike Vrabel and Shane Bowen no excuses. It, that, well, they made every everything they did this offseason was to say it was a player problem. And I don't mean that to, you know, to, to, to begrudge Dory Jackson or Malcolm Butler, but everything they did was 
coaching wasn't the issue. Players were the issue. Some of that was contracts. And I understand that that COVID has been a tough year for the salary cap and all that garbage. But at the end of the day, they went out and addressed a lot of their needs on defense. They're trying to get better on that side of the ball. Uh, and I think they did with Caleb Farley tonight. I think they're going to get better on offense tomorrow and keep stockpiling talent on defense as well. So yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm with you feeling good. I think yeah. it's a good way to leave. We, we got to see actual human beings face to in public, drinking alcohol and eating. I don't think I should eat these right now. They've been here sitting here for a while, <laughs> but it's been a blast hanging out with you guys. I want to say special thanks, of course, to, to Jaspers for allowing us to hang out here over on West End. The next evolution of the sports bar, of course, free free parking, great menu, great happy hour, uh, great menu by Dev Packet. So make sure you come by and check out Jaspers uh, all all throughout the, uh, the the week, the, the days of the week and during Preds games as well, which I think there's a big one on Saturday. So yeah. make sure you check that out. And a huge thank you to Broadway Sports Media for putting this all together in very short order. Uh, you and Mike and John and all the guys, Ryan and Wes and everybody, all you guys did a great job putting this whole thing together. So huge, huge round of applause and thank you guys to, to Broadway Sports Media. There's nothing more than I love than being in front of a camera and in front of a microphone. <laughs> I'm... I don't like the camera part, but yeah. I like the microphone part, and my <laughs> wife will agree with me on that. So uh, special thanks to everybody. Jaspers, Broadway Sports Media. Of course, my name is Braden Gall. He's Zach Lyons. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Thank you guys all for listening to the 440, Nashville's original and only independently owned short-form daily sports podcast. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter, at Braden Gall, at 440 Sports on Twitter and Facebook, and at 440 Media on Instagram. And of course, we are brought to you by the Kingston Group, Nashville's award-winning, locally owned, custom home and remodeling firm. Check out the website, buildkg.com. That's buildkg.com. I swear, if you look at the work, you don't even need to hear me say anything else. Just check it out. Check out their Instagram account as well. Check out their Facebook page. Their work is everywhere. It is beautiful. It is spectacular. It's gorgeous. Buildkg.com is the website. The Kingston Group. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Brayden Gall, music by William Tyler.